Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Cheers and welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Excitement reigns, Josh. This is the last time we're going to talk with our listeners before that game week one deadline. So um, I want this to be fun, but also we need to be strictly business, Josh, because uh, like this is now when the true game week one is my team right. Anxiety is peaking. Yeah, you're right. We need to be especially fun, but especially <laughs> yeah. business oriented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to hit especially strategic, but especially enjoyable. It's like we really <laughs> we're going to hit all of the notes on this week's pod. The game kicks off on Friday. The Premier League kicks off with it. The championship already kicked off this weekend. I watched a little bit of championship. It was fun. I watched the um, the West Brom. Uh, who did they play? Bournemouth. Brasswell and Bournemouth on uh, yeah. Friday. And that is always a fun moment, the um, the first championship match of the season, because yep. you know, it's almost always a week before the season starts. And you're not quite invested, but it's like it gets your brain back into watching matches again. Definitely. So the, the EFL kicked off, and then it was the Charity Shield on Saturday. And it it's like... For the, uh, you know, the FPL addicts that we are, it's like the perfect level of methadone to put into our <laughs> yeah. system to make our bodies like get us to that level where when game week one actually kicks off where our bodies just don't suddenly explode. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. This is how I feel in game week in 38, because there's just no, you know, the final game week of the season where there's just, there's no way to prepare yourself for 10 matches on all at the same time. Like there's just no, there's no mental space you can get into where that works. So you just, I spend those two hours like catatonic. You know, yeah. it's like I can barely hold a conversation. There's just like so much happening at once. <laughs> and I, I threw my hat in the ring for the first time with Gaffer.io, G-A-F-F-R.io to play the EFL Championship fantasy game. So if uh, just just to get that out of the way, if any championship fans are out there, check that game out right, for, a, for another level of fantasy. Because you're a Fulham supporter and you're, 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 you're going with the club. You're, you get back down with them. Yeah, you have to <laughs> you have to support the club by playing whatever fantasy game is, is they're they're tied to. And of course, like uh, nothing like being a Fulham supporter to kick off the season with a one one draw against. Yep. Uh, and, and you forgot that Neil Warnock was still around while well, he's kicking around <laughs> with with um, Middlesberger. It so. felt like every championship team drew this weekend. It, yeah, I mean, and that Leicester Man City match was heading that way, too, until Iannaccio, who I, I don't understand. Like, OK, I, I you know, I'm not saying that I understand Leicester better than Brendan Rodgers. Clearly, I don't. Right. I'm not yeah. the manager of that club. <laughs> but for him to look at Jose Perez and think, yes this is the player I prefer to Iannaccio. This, yeah. this, the, he, they're the things that he does um, are just so much better than what Iannaccio brings to the table. It, it's slightly confusing to me. I don't, I don't completely <laughs> yeah. get it. I didn't yeah. think he had a great match either. Iannaccio comes on I, and I'm sure there are things that, you know, and I don't, I don't again, maybe I've, got, I've just got like fantasy brand on here too much or, or, or something, but you know, maybe, maybe there's things off the ball that, he, that, 
Perez is doing that are really yeah. helpful. But I mean, if Enantra comes on, wins the pen, scores the game winner, yeah. boom. And is he back on the bench in game week one? I don't really well, know. Well, I, I think the things that we don't know in the preseason, you 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 try to predict what the true season is going to bring based on minutes played. Ianacho, you know, what we know to be true from last season is he was a crucial player down the stretch for Leicester. And his minutes very well could be limited in the preseason because he's nursing some sort of injury or he's got some sort of abstract fitness concern. And the charity shield, you know, while it's broadcast, uh, it's into many households and a lot of people are paying attention, it's not crucial. So you're not going to risk Ianacho just like you in the charity shield, just like you haven't risked him in earlier friendly. So that's something we don't quite know, but I would guess to be true because, yeah, it's it's kind of plain to see IOC Perez is just not doesn't bring the same level of attack as yeah. Ianacho. So that's my gut feeling is there's just the slightest injury concern. And then Brendan Rogers says, you know what? I'm just going to give Nacho 30 minutes instead of 75 minutes today. Yeah. I mean, I think he only got like 10, you know, it was even, even less than that. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the, ultimately though, it does. And it's funny that we're talking about Nacho, like just at the top of the pod. I mean, this is sort of what happened this week, which is that we did, uh, an entire podcast dedicated to forwards. And I still hold that that podcast works well. And and the reason why it works well is because, first of all, we reviewed and discussed like 30 different forwards, right? So even if yeah. some chaos happened this week and some of the players like Watkins have to be looked at it through a different lens, the point of that podcast was don't just think, think about game week one when you start playing your team and thinking about forwards. You have to be ready to pivot when things don't go your way, right? So we talked about yeah. Rod, you know Rodrigo a lot in that podcast. We talked about Chris Wood randomly. He wasn't even like supposed to be more part of them. <laughs> we talked about him more than any other players I'm on that podcast. You know, a lot of different people got um, – you know, got, got discussed in that pod. And I yeah. think we, as we saw this week with, and we're going to get to it in just a second here, as we saw with, with, with Ings and now Lukaku, um, things are changing very rapidly. The transfer window was pretty slow and now it's, it's, you're cranked up to, to sort of max, you know, max speed yeah. all of a sudden. Josh, I'm recording this episode standing up. I'm virtually always sitting down, but I feel like there's <laughs> so much going on, particularly in the transfer market, that if I sit down for a moment, I'm going to lose myself. So, <laughs> so I'm standing up. I'm yeah. ready to work here. All right. So let's get, first of all, let's just introduce uh, the theme of this week's episode. Uh, FPL is back, building your final squad ahead of game week one. So we'll talk a little bit about game week one, which is, again, kicks off on uh, Friday. Uh, we'll talk about final decisions. We're going to reveal our squads as of today. Of course, mm -hmm. everything could change. Everything, you know, things could change within an hour. There's a lot of, you know, Sun keeps scoring goals. And now I have to like, I feel like I've got a Hungman Sun size problem that I may have to consider. But okay. we'll, we'll, we'll table that until we get to our, our team reveal. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to reveal, um, we're going to discuss final decisions that we both need to make for our squads, uh, answer a bunch of listener questions about you know, about what the decisions they're, they're, they're dealing with. Um, talk about some big picture stuff, just some strategic things that, that, uh, you want to think about going into the season and, um, and that's it. So before we get into, um, the team reveals though, three pieces of transfer news that I think we should discuss. Um, Jack Grealish, Danny Ings, Romelu Lukaku. Yeah. And the first question here comes from Mike DiPietro. He says, our very recent signings, Grealish, Lukaku, Sancho, et cetera, just a stay away at game week one, given the risk of low minutes, or do you buy the, they didn't pay all this money for them to ride the bench <laughs> and quote narrative and feel good with them in your game week one squad. Yeah. I, I think the, the, this 
This works best with Jack Grealish because it's a record fee for an English player within the Premier League. You've asked this question a lot yourself, Josh. Why would City play pay that much money for Grealish to sit on the bench? Well, I think £100 million for uh, a bunch of oil uh, barons is a slightly... Are they barons? They're, like a, they're a nation, right? <laughs> yeah, for, for a nation state, yeah. Um, and I think the way, the way this legitimately works, particularly if you have a manager like Pep Guardiola, is, okay, the business office wrote the check, paid the money. Grealish is then handed over as a player to Pep. And Pep is the a level of manager where he's like, great, I'm going to do whatever it is I want to do with Jack right. Grealish. That's right. what you pay me for. And uh, the expectation that then Pep is going to have some sort of pressure to play Jack week in, week out because of this money spent, or he himself is going to feel obliged because yeah. uh, he owes it to the club. What we know about Pep is he has very specific ideas match by match by match. So um, I, I I am a little scared about the Grealish rotation. Now, I think this is why I have always loved, and we uh, so many of us have loved Kevin De Bruyne as a city fantasy asset, is because he seems to be one of those players that rises above that rotation. He's so important to the squad, and he's you know he when when he's fit, uh, he generally plays. So maybe Grealish becomes a KDB type of asset yeah. for Pep, but kind of going with the theme of this question is I, we don't know the, the, yeah. the answer is we don't know. Therefore I think that it's a, it's a mild stay away going into game week one. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's kind of where I am too. I, I could maybe talk myself into Grealish to be honest, and it would be less about game week one and more about game week two, uh, or, or Man City are home to, um, to Norwich. Um, so the question then is, do you, do you bring in a player that you sort of you kind of pre-bank a transfer, you know, like the idea is that you're going to go with, with Grealish in game week two. The other way to, to think about this would be to just, because KDB is still nursing an injury, you could just go with Gundogan, right? Who's 0.5 million cheaper than, than KDB. I, I would say a near certainty to start the first two matches of the season. Um, with was, his beautiful was, scoop neck. Yeah. With that beautiful, I know that you, 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 I was admiring their kits and you were saying that you thought the collar was too big, yeah. uh, which I think is true. It actually reminds me of the one time I saw Jermaine Clement, <laughs> from uh, Flight of the Conquest. I saw him in the streets in Brooklyn. Yeah. And he had a scoop neck that was so big it actually hit both of his <laughs> both of his shoulders. It was uh yeah, it was yeah. a real, like very manly move. You know, it was a real uh anyway, yeah. so yeah, I think Lukaku I don't know, does he start game week one? I mean, he hasn't even come to London yet, right? There may be some kind of uh there may be some moves that need to or maybe he's I, I think he was doing like a physical in Belgium or something like that. There could mm-hmm. be some quarantine restrictions in place as well. So yeah. I think it's very unlikely he plays in game week one. By game week two, sure. Um I think that's possible. Um I mean he hasn't made a price yet in FPL. So I, I would I would be reluctant to hit for him. The uh and Sancho hasn't even hasn't even gone to, back to training. He was supposed to come back last Friday. Now he's scheduled to arrive. I think he, he's either today or tomorrow. Um so he hasn't even been training with Man United yet and i really wanted to have in my squad but i just cannot bring a player into my fpl team when they haven't played a minute of training and the game starts in five days that's just too soon for me one quick note on lukaku too is chelsea spent all of last season playing without a true recognized number nine right especially under tuchel so not only does lukaku have to get up to speed is the entire team has to reorient 
their tactics, the way they play on the pitch yeah. with uh, a player like Lukaku that they haven't had in, in, in more than a year. So, yeah. and, and these top four clubs, I think specifically you're talking about city and Chelsea, their goals are so long-term like their, their biggest matches aren't, aren't going to be happening for like s- more than six months from yeah. now yeah. when they're getting into the knockout rounds of the champions league and, and jostling around for first, second, third and fourth at the top of the premier league table. So uh, I, I think that they're more inclined to let's just easy as it easy does it yeah. uh, as we start the Premier League. No, no sense in like in freaking out and forcing the issue because they know they'll still be there in the mix uh, when when it really matters toward the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, that's I think that's true. I think uh, what, what makes it tricky with with Chelsea, too, just in, in the like immediate short term is that they play in the uh, Super Cup. Um, on, on Wednesday evening, and uh, uh, that you know, and thank you to um, to our, our Blue Wire partners, uh, London is Blue, for having me on this week. And I I, I went on there and did a little, uh, you know, kind of complete idiot's guide to to the fantasy Premier League game. Emphasis like total, on the idiot, Josh. Well, yeah, I, my that was me, not not them. <laughs> um, but uh, no, but just like the basics of uh, of um, of the fantasy game, and uh, it was fun to go in there and talk a little bit. And they, but I, I did ask about the Super Cup, and they feel like Tuchel's going to um, put out a pretty strong team for that match. Which, just given how much he rotates already, immediately makes that Saturday match a little nerve wracking. And so, just no one wants to go into the first match of the season not really knowing if a player on your team is going to start. We've all been there before. We've all fall into that trap and it's just, it's not fun. So, um, yeah. so, and especially the way my, my team is shaped, and we'll talk about this when we did the team reveals in a minute, I I'm looking at a pretty weak bench and you know, it's a lot <laughs> of players that I want are extremely expensive. So I am not going to have a ton of bench depth. And so there is a little bit of, um, a premium that I'm putting on, on safe, reliable starters right now. Um, the final player is Danny Ings and I love him. Scored today in a friendly <laughs> shock move to, to Villa, as far as I know. I mean, I hadn't seen that rumored anywhere. It yeah. came out of nowhere. And it was like, not only was it like, it wasn't rumored. It was like, it was just done. It was like, suddenly it was like, oh, you know, Ings is here. He's signing. He'll be at training tomorrow. It was like yeah. the fastest. <laughs> Have you ever seen a, a, a fairly big transfer? I mean, 25 million or something like that. I mean, I, I can't remember a transfer ever coming together that quickly. Yeah, it was sort of like he was ready to ready to go right out of the box, like an Apple yeah. product or something. Like, yeah. don't even, yeah. ha- doesn't even come with Just an instruction in. booklet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they scored today for them. So he's a good, unfortunately, uh, Buendia may have a slight injury now, which uh, just just broke this morning, which kind of, uh, I actually had, as of last night, I had Buendia in my squad and now mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, like, I don't know what yeah. to do there. So, um, so that's, that's what's happening. Lots of, I mean, you know, some big dominoes, the Kane one, I mean, at this point he, it looks like at the very least, he's not going to move to Man City until a week from now. And after they play in game week one, so just, just table Kane completely. He's back from Florida. He's doing five days of quarantine apparently. Uh, so he won't even be the with Florida the, five, the Florida five. So he won't even be with the squad until I guess Friday or something like that. So, I mean, you know, I mean, he's the kind of person who I, I could see just not train at all and just immediately starting, Definitely. uh, with no, with no train. But, uh, I think, I think it's likely that, um, it's just too risky. And so I'm, I'm, I'm not really thinking about can at all very seriously at the moment. Um, all right, so let's get, we're going to do our team reveals in a second here. Uh, just a couple quick notes. Uh, one is, uh, we have a thousand dollar prize for the super league and time is short for you to be eligible for that. Right. So it is yeah. courtesy of our friends at fantasy football hub. You have to simply register on their site as a free 
or paying member, right? Prior to the season. Mm-hmm. Our league code, uh, you can join uh, on alwaystream.com or if you want to write this down, I've got a pen handy. Mm-hmm. It's uh, 2BNF4U. Right. That is the, uh, that's, that's you. That's the letter U at the end there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might think to yourself, uh, Josh, there are more than 20,000, close to 25,000 managers in the always Street super league. How am I possibly going to win this prize? Aha. But Brandon, not all of them are going to be subscribers to the fantasy football. <laughs> that's hub. So true. Okay. Yeah. It's like one twenty fifth of them or something like that. So you have a much smaller yeah. number of people that you have to, uh, that you have to beat. So just register on that site, just to get yourself covered. You've got to be registered before the season kicks off. So make sure you go ahead and do that. Uh, and obviously make sure you're joining our league as well. I love the idea of me finishing the season ranked 24,682 <laughs> and thinking I've blown it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I, I do know that the, the, the fantasy football hub is much stronger than that. They yeah, will exactly. definitely have some top managers as members totally. of the season. And, and again, free or paying member. You don't have to actually spend any money yeah. to, to do that, to be eligible for a thousand dollar prize. Uh, Patreon, a couple quick notes. First thing first, which is that this Tuesday we have a supporter zoom chat. Okay. I know some people do that YouTube thing, Brandon. We want a private Zoom conversation. We're doing that on Tuesday. We're doing it together in person, which yeah. I'm pretty excited about. Two I, always cheating yep. heads in one Zoom window. In it's going to be insane. Exactly. I, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Maybe we'll both bring computers and sit in different chairs. Or something. We'll, we'll see how we work that out. Uh, so we're doing that at uh, 5.30 p.m. on Tuesday. That would be 10.30 p.m. London time. I assume that's like 4 a.m. Uh, in New Zealand. I don't really know. But like it's it's but this is like, it's sort of the best we could figure out. We wanted to make, make sure that people on the, in, the, in America and uh, in Europe would be able to, to join in this. I know it's they're a little all, bit later. They're all Europe. farmers in New Zealand, right, Josh? So they're probably up anyway around 4.30. Exactly. They'll be up when the, when the rooster crows. <laughs> so uh, if you want to take part in that, if you want to become a Patreon supporter and, and support the cheaters, uh, go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating. Extra podcasts are back. We've, we've already done four in addition to all the pods we've done on the main feed, we've done four additional pods already for our Patreon supporters. You can go and listen to those. Uh, we have a Manager of the Month Award. That kicks off in August. If you want to be part of that, uh, make sure you join this month. And we're giving away a custom brand new Always Cheating t-shirt. I actually was planning to wear it for this recording, Brandon. But then <laughs> I did that thing where I, I stuck it in the um, in the dresser and it came out. And it was like incredibly wrinkled. Okay. You know, and I forgot to like hang it in the shower. You know, the, you know, the, the shower <laughs> sure. trick. You know, I didn't Absolutely. want to Absolutely. It's the poor man's steamer. Anymore. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, and everyone at the Volkswagen and producer tiers gets that shirt just as part of their membership. So, um, Brian, we got a bunch of new patrons this week. Do you want to give them a quick thank you? Yeah, big thanks. At the producer tier, thanks to Todd Byerly, Alper Paxoy, Martin Opseth, Lee Hickman, and Velger Payson Kruger. At the Volkswagen tier, thanks to John Craig and Thomas Tisloff. Lord Sorloff patrons, thanks to Chris Tangi, Chris, Chris Donnelly, Nick Nick Kicks. That's, that is a rock and roll name if I ever heard one. Uh, Leo, welcome back to the fold, Leo. Glenn Clinton, Andon Espith, Axel, Christian Schultz, Nick A., Joe Fuller, Joseph Craven, Nikki P., and FPL Wannabe. And at the lovely Pookie tier, thank you to the one and only FPL General. Also, Gabe Castellanos, welcome back, Harry. Carolou Al- Albert Gundmanson, and Mark Lawson. Thanks to everyone. Again, that's patreon.com slash always cheating. All right, we're going to take a break and do our team reveals after the break. All right, we're back. Game week one kicks off on Friday. 
Brandon, I think we should just jump right into the big news here, which is how does your squad look right now? Let's do our team reveals as of yeah. Sunday. This is this is okay. Just the Sunday. This is very specific. Okay, how does your team look on Sunday, August eighth, at twelve fifty-two p.m. Eastern time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you've already mentioned something that's going to change in my in my current draft. So uh, we'll we'll be sure to highlight that. And yeah, I agree. I I I'm feeling really good about my draft at the moment, bar uh, two or three players. And then there's one position in the midfield where I have a pricing issue. Mm-hmm. And so then we'll see, is there a massive ripple effect through the rest of my squad? Right. Uh, if I Your decide. team actually costs $103 million right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, I've got a locked-in squad with zero in the bank. Um, thank you to uh, Stryker, who I mentioned in a moment. So let's start in the back line with my goalkeepers. I have the standard Watford bulletproof rotation of Bachman and, and uh, Ben Foster. For the longest time, I was trying to stick with Melier at Leeds. And ultimately, I just decided, let's focus on the Leeds attack. I'm going to save 0.5 here and, and spread it elsewhere in my midfield and striker lineup. Uh, defense is, is I guess the word would be imbalanced. I've got <laughs> two heavy hitters and then a bunch of four or five guys. Yep. Um, starting with Diaz, who it just like roll on with the Man City defense. Uh, apparently City forgot how to attack based on evidence from the Champions <laughs> yeah. League final and the Community Shield. So yeah. let's see what happens there. But I have no doubt that they're going to log, a, you know, roughly 20 clean sheets this season. So it's Diaz and Trent Alexander-Arnold, which like the the uh, Liverpool fixtures to start the season are absolutely undeniable. And uh, we don't really have any fitness concerns with with the major players at Liverpool. So the uh, three four point five guys I have, I've got Veltman at Brighton starting in game week one, and on the bench I've got Ben White, uh, also at four point five, made his move from Brighton to Arsenal, and the uh, unpronounceable four point defender at Norwich, Andrew Oma Bamadeli. So um, it's not bad, yeah, not 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 bad on the pronunciation there. So I guess he's four it's always like inescapable. You're always going to end up with a 4.0 defender yeah. and then it's just a roll of the dice. I know. I mean, I've, I've got him too. I'll be honest. I, uh, I, I, I got a little seduced by the, um, uh, oh, goodness sakes, the, the Lester, um, uh, defenders. Fafana. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I mean, Fafana, unfortunately now is, is injured. The, um, but uh, a Marty, uh, Daniel Amari. I gotcha. But right. it, is he 4.0? He is 4.0. Okay. Yeah. But there's just so much talk that Lester, I mean, Lester basically came out and admitted that they are um, looking to get someone in right away. Okay. And, jo- and Johnny Evans is also um, expected to be back soon, too. Yeah. So um, it just seems a little, um, I don't know. I don't know how soon. Yeah. The, uh, Johnny Evans is back September 11th. So um, I'll never forget. Auspicious you know, day. Yeah, auspicious day, 20th anniversary. Um, but yeah, I think, um, so I, I think that uh, Amarty feels like one of those players you'd bring in and then you'd kind of immediately be like, ah, like yeah. I've got this dead spot in my team. I mean, yeah. I mean, who knows about Oma Bamadeli? I mean, it's not like we're, uh, you know, if you're going to have a, eight weeks yeah. with him. If you're going to have a dead spot anywhere, it might as well be in your your fifth defensive spot. It's it's True. it's usually earmarked as the dead spot anyway. Yeah. Uh, quickly on the midfield, uh, not too many huge surprises here. Salah already with the armband for game week one, and I spoke to you on Thursday night with our Patreons, and I, I thought this spot was for Sadio Mane, but I have since made the switch back to Bruno Fernandez. Uh, so I've got Salah and Bruno. Rafinha and Buendia. Buendia, as you mentioned, Josh, with that injury concern, maybe 
he needs to uh, be be switched out before game week one. And then on the bench, I've got the one and only Brownhill, uh, Josh Brownhill from Burnley. Yeah. And this is going to be your, I, I think, I, I don't think you really need to be too worried about if you're playing a three, four, three, like I have my team set up as don't, don't spend too much time saying, do I need Brownhill or, um, Suma. Yeah. or Basuma or shoot. Who's the guy, Billy Gilmore, um, right. you know, right, just, right. just kind of have fun with it. Yep. Uh, so that's the midfield. I, I had, I have said many times that I feel the need going into the start of the season to have a midfielder in the eight to 9 million bracket, the Sancho Havertz bracket. And I can't quite figure out how to make it work without corrupting how I'm yeah. thinking about my defense and my forward line. Yeah. So the, Buendia being a little bit of a question mark is opening up that Pandora's box for me again. So, you know, I don't think Sancho is it, but I'm just in terms of flexibility, I don't want to be in a position where I feel like I have to turn Bruno into uh, a 9 million. I kind of want to keep those two premium slots. So I'm with you. I mean, I think the problem is uh, because I think that Son or Mares would be two players who would, who would do that for you, right? They would sort of give you that, you could move up and down, you know, uh, pretty yeah. easily uh, with either one of those two players. Um, yeah. I mean, the problem for me is that sort of every way that I look at it, I end up in a position where I really need a 5.5 million forward, you know, and I'm really not finding anyone who really works out. I think if you, if you can get up to 6 million, then I think Timo Puki is yeah. acceptable. You know, he's maybe not ideal, but he is acceptable. <laughs> so I think that, you know, because I mean, I, I'll, I'll talk about this when we get to my team in a second. But I think that that's really the problem is if you want to figure out how to get that really premium, that third premium midfielder. Right. Yeah. In addition to, to yeah. Salah and Bruno, um, you really have to sacrifice up front. I, I just yeah. don't think uh, even if you downgrade Trent to Robertson or something, it doesn't quite free up enough money to, to make it work. So. All right. Anyway, yeah. so what's your what's your forward line then? Yeah, so I think it's just as you're saying. I I have refused to make any true compromises with my front three, and I've got Patrick Bamford, Danny Ings, and Ivan Tony. And some talk about the injury for Ivan Tony. He had a complaint about his ankle. The, the latest quote from Thomas Frank at, at Brentford is, "I expect Tony back soon. I don't think that almost anything can keep him out of the game on Friday night against Arsenal. I'm sure yeah. he'll be available yeah. and ready to play." So. Yep. Uh, no, no real concerns about the injury to Tony. Yep. It's just kind of like looking at these three forwards, Tony Ings, Bamford, they're all huge pros, very few cons uh, for them. But yeah, if, if I'm going to try and do some surgery and bring in a third premium, semi-premium midfielder, one of these guys is going to have to go. I would consider downgrading Ings back down to Ollie Watkins to save 0.5. But yep. you know, as I've, sort of labeled Ings throughout the preseason. This guy is just probably the most elite finisher yeah. uh, available in, in the game, apart from Harry Kane, who's just not on the board right now. So um, that's that's the squad. What do you think, Josh? I like it. I mean, it's actually very similar to mine. I think we have maybe four or five different players at the moment. Um, I, the, the, the big debate for me, and the, the thing that I'm still kicking around back and forth a little bit, and this actually goes to a question that we got um from Boston Prof, he says, remind us again of the downside to a three-five-two with a cheapy third striker. And the big debate for me is 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 if do I go three-four-three or three-five-two with my formation? And yeah. 
my thinking, okay, right now I'm in a three, four, three like you. And so our teams are actually very similar. And I, but I, I think I'm, I'm still trying to figure out a way to, to do a three, five, two and the reasoning but but what's holding me back is I do not like to have a 4.5 million striker. And this is something we've talked about many times before in the podcast, but I don't, I, I find that ultimately I want to have an, another goal scorer in my, in my squad. Yeah. And, yeah. and it just, I, I feel like inevitably that player that that's in that slot does not deliver for you enough. They come off the bench often enough. If, you, if you're, you know, if you're going to bring in man city players, then you really need to have at least one reliable bench option. And, you have 4.5 million for it basically means you have nobody, right? Yeah. Because no, no one in totally. that bracket's going to play. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah. and if you compare the 4.5 bracket for forwards to the 4.5 bracket for midfielders, at least with midfielders, there are three or four that we just rattled off a couple of minutes ago yeah. that you at least know are going to get 90 minutes. Yeah. Whereas the usually the 4.5 striker options, you know, maybe they're nailed on a couple weeks out of the season because of injury, but Generally, they are, uh, as, as, as you said, Josh, just like non-assets. Yeah. And so you can, you can sort of find yourself in a trap, right? You've got, you've got Oma, Oma Bamadeli. Maybe you bring in a Marty and then you bring in a 4.5 million defender. And suddenly if a single player goes down or gets injured or he has any problems, you're, you're, you're just completely stuck. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So for me, I think Timu Puki was in a draft that I had last night and I have since removed him and gone back to a three, four, three. So let me just, I'll, I'll talk through my team and then we can, um, um, we can, we can talk about what's, what's, you know, what's similar, what's different. So, um, I have gone back to Sanchez, uh, okay. from Brighton as my, as my starting keeper. Um, just partially just because I, uh, you know, now that, now that Dunk is back and starting, I think that, that Dunk, Webster, Veltman backline, pretty solid, uh, pretty similar to what they had last spring. It's it's unfortunate that they've had a couple of injuries, um, and it just it's like made things a little more worrisome. But I think things have stabilized enough now. There was a little worry about Dunk for a while, but now that he's back and starting, I think yeah. I feel a little more safe with that with that Brighton team. Um, so I've got Sanchez, and then I have uh, Steele as the as my backup keeper. I mean, maybe I change that to Ben Foster. Ben Foster worries me a little bit because I could see him getting sold a lot um, on wild cards, and suddenly he turns into like a three point eight million. A good you know, point. That backup. is a good point. It's a it's a player that you're never going to move the backup goalkeeper, yeah. and if he loses value, it just becomes annoying when you ultimately play the yeah. wild card and you've lost totally. point one or point two. He ends up becoming like your keeper for thirty eight weeks because you just yeah. don't never want to. You know, deal with that lost point too. So, um, so I've got Sanchez, and then my back line, similar to yours uh, in some ways. I've got uh, Sufal, uh, Trent Alexander Arnold, and Luke Shaw. I have to say, I think Trent versus Rabo is much more of a debate than people are making out to be. And in fact, if I, I could possibly end up having Trent and Rabo back there because. Big it's at a, the back. Yeah, it's and and then and then I'm I'm then Sufal will probably be sacrificed, um, possibly mm-hmm. even Shaw for that matter. And yeah. I would just have those two and then a bunch of four point five million um uh, defenders because I mean those those two would just offer so much. When you look at Liverpool's start, Norwich, Burnley, Chelsea, Leeds, Palace, yeah. Brentford. I mean, it's 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 a it's a very strong start. Even that Chelsea match, I think, um, in game week three, I I think that, you know, that could be a yeah, I think there's a clean sheet opportunity there for them. It's too. a it's a good reminder to me that you I think you you drop Trent into your draft immediately. He's just like a an, an assumed, and then Salah, yeah. and then most FPL managers will have this debate of do I go for a third Liverpool FPL asset in the attack? 
Right. Do I get Mane? Do I get Jota? And forget that you have the option to just get two Liverpool defenders and yep. Salah. So, and then, yep. and just as you're saying with the fixtures being what they are, I think we've often said in the preseason, you, l- triple Liverpool, triple Liverpool. I know. So uh, don't and forget about have, that. And I only have two right now. So I'm, I'm not even like adhering to my own credo. Yeah, same. Um, so, uh, and then I've got Veltman and uh, Oma Badameli, uh in, in the back line. So I'm actually doubled up with Brighton, but I just kind of don't really know what to do with those 4.5 million defenders. Yeah. Um, you know, Fafana going down had a surprisingly large kind of cascading effect on my on my team yeah. uh and so i've gone for sufal just because i think he's got a he's at a great price uh newcastle have a nice run of fixtures to start the season um and so West Ham, you mean not newcastle of course yeah yeah they play they play newcastle yeah week one. that's when we say that but yeah uh west ham have a nice run, run to start the season and uh and i like him uh and then looking at my midfield Again, pretty similar to yours, at least with those those big three, uh, Rafinha, Fernandez, and Salah. Uh, is, and Rafinha again, I, I I'm starting to wonder if he falls into that category of player that has been so automatic for so long. And maybe I just look at Sar, you know, who's 0.5 million cheaper, has has a similarly good run of fixtures. Okay, it's like it's that value play thing where you're just like, well, Rafinha is such good value. I've got to I've got to have him. Are you uh, trying to be too clever here, Josh? Well, maybe. I mean, he hasn't moved my team yet, so, and, and he's and he's in it right now. And I'm talking about him on, on our game week one preview podcast. So, I, I I'm very pro Rafinha for sure, mm-hmm. but um, he he hasn't. I don't know. He just hasn't been like spectacular in in preseason, and that's yeah. and a lot of other players have. Uh, and, you know, and Sars Sars looked really good too. But the problem with having Sars, I just like Watford just seemed like a team where I'm not totally sure they're going to score like any goals this year. And it's somehow they have, they have 12 forwards in FPL right now listed. <laughs> and I'm not sure I trust any of them to, to score a goal. Yeah. And you think Watford, what they excelled at during the latter half of the, the season was defensive stability. And that is what is so important for promoted teams and yep. survival is keeping clean sheets, having a stout defense. You just look at what Fulham had to try to pull off last season, yep. shifted all their attention to their defense and it almost worked. So I don't think that Watford are going to set out in the first half of the season to try and figure out how they're going to score goals. It will just be totally establishing their defensive stability in the new division. Yeah, I, I, I exactly. I mean, I think that they could and just hope they can eke out a couple one nils, right? Yeah. Like, just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, but, you know, it could be that Sar is, I mean, if they're going to score goals, he's probably going to be involved. And so they're sort of, you know, it's sort of in that Chris Wood category where like, well, if anyone's going to get a goal on this team, it's going to be this player, um, or at least they're going to be involved, you know, picking up an assist or something. So, um, Rafinha Fernandez solid. And then I have Mason Greenwood as my fourth midfielder. And I have to say in almost every iteration of my team over the last few weeks, Mason Greenwood has, has remained in that squad. I'm just, I'm very pro Greenwood. I just really think that, um, He's been with the team all preseason. He's been, you know, just looked good in all of these preseason matches. Uh, the way things have shaken out with Sancho coming late and Cavani coming back late um, and uh, Rashford undergoing surgery, mm-hmm. there's just no way that Greenwood doesn't start some of these early matches. So this is not Daniel James's team now, Josh. Yeah. The player that I would actually like to swap out would be, yeah, I mean, Daniel James, like, I guess he's, he's probably going to, he might even start game week one. I don't know. But, um, but you know, I, the, the Fernandez is the one player that I I have to admit I I try not to get too caught up in what players' ownership percentages are and like Luke Shaw for example I have Luke Shaw on my team right now because I just 
like Man United's really run of fixtures. I think that he offers attacking threat, um, and he seems like a pretty safe pick. Um, and so that that's why he's in my squad. It's not because his ownership is so high, but in Bruno's case, it kind of is because yeah. Bruno is is he's got high ownership and he's going to be captained by a lot of people and. It just could really hurt your, I don't know, you could just find yourself really in a hole early if you don't have a player like Bruno who, you know, once Sancho joins, I could definitely see myself moving from him because Bruno is just so expensive. And for someone who's going to be playing behind the attackers, it's it's, it's really a lot of money. I mean, you really need like KDB levels of, which to to Bruno's credit, he he has done, although he really did fade um, at the end of last season, which is kind of what we saw the year before as well. I mean, he just, he just gets such, you know, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer just, just uses him so much. He right? flogs just, him. Jack. Yeah, he flogs him. He does. And, and Bruno wants to do it. And, but you know, it feels like he, he needs to be like, like kept in a little more check. Yeah. Um, so then my front line, I've got, uh, Ings, Antonio and Tony. Antonio was kind of a funny one because when we did our forward pod last week, I was a little less high on him, but it's, it's almost like just, he just fits the spot is really what happens right now. I mean, I sort of, I was really high on Watkins and once Ings joined, I just felt like I want much like you, it sounds like yeah. I wanted that 0.5 million extra. Um, and I really liked Ianacho, but now that Ianacho is not, I, I can't trust him to start. I'm yeah. sort of defaulting to, to Antonio here as kind of the best 7.5 million. So I, I have to say, this is the, one of the players that I am probably, it's not that I don't like Antonio, but I, I, I find him to be kind of stressful to own in fantasy, right? Is it just a walking injury risk kind of at yeah. all times? Sure. Uh, but, just as Danny yeah. Ings is. Just as Danny Ings. I know. God. And, <laughs> and, and, and Tony has like a little injury right now too. So <laughs> I have three forwards, none of whom could play in game week one if things Incredible. didn't work right. So this is why things could change a lot. I would love for Rogers to come out and say, um, Ianacho is starting this weekend. Like just, I don't know why he would say that, but I would yeah. love for him to come out and say that because <laughs> I would probably move Antonio to Ianacho in that case. As it is, this is what I've got. I think Tony, so Tony, Rafinha, Trent, those are the kind of the three players that are all in that, like have been in my squad since I first put it together. Yeah. And and, and part of me starts to wonder if I've just defaulted to them a little too much. I still think that Antonio at 6.5 million just offers good value. And just I want to see him in training this week, right? Because he missed a friendly yesterday. So as yeah. long as he trains this week, I, I still feel like, First home match for Brentford in 75 years. Uh, people are just going to be, not for, of course, not the first home match, the first home match in the first division. I think yeah. it's 1947, so 74 years. Um, not since but, they were celebrating yeah. a victory over Japan Day. Exactly. It's been a big, it's been a big moment. So since VJ day, um, so it's, it's a big day for, for, for Tony. Now, let me ask you this, Josh. Now we've gone through both of our teams and there's one glaring omission. Um, I mean, there may be multiple that I'm not thinking of, but we picked Manchester city and one of our preview pods to top the league at the end of the season. And neither of us have a single city player. Well, actually I have Ruben Diaz in my defense, but we don't have a single city attacker. Yeah. And I, I think that I'm right, and see, I'll see if you agree with me. It's because City at this stage offer like zero FPL value. Yeah. Um, they have good players. They have good players who will probably return, but they've got big issues with rotation concerns and the fact that yeah. they're so expensive. So um, I think I think that brings us to Riyad Mahrez, who you had mentioned earlier. Uh, but but still, City just doesn't feel worth the risk going into game week one. I'm really going back and forth. I, I mean, Gundogan, I think I could fit in maybe. Uh, Riyad Mahrez, I don't know how I'd do it. Um, yeah. I, w- I would just have to go without Bruno. And uh, 
for the reason Mares just, did not impress me in the community shield. He was of all yeah. sorts. He just he he decided he was going to do it all his, on his own yeah. whenever he got the ball, which was super annoying. It and annoys, he it was, annoys Pep too, which is why he only gets like twenty starts a season in the Premier yeah. League. Yeah, but they just looked like a total mess, and and Leicester kind of had their way yeah. to a degree uh, with them. If anything, my feeling coming out of that match was that I wanted Sun. Uh, instead of instead of the one of the Man City midfielders, I mean, just they just you know they play on Sunday. It's the featured match uh, at home. Uh, Son has been scoring almost all of these preseason. He scored again today, right against Arsenal. I mean, he's just been uh, c- complete fire all preseason. And I just when I look through my squad, and I really would do I do want to place an emphasis on all of the players who have had an entire preseason to train with their with their clubs. I just think that that's a and again, that's that's why three Liverpool makes a lot of sense. And you know, you talk about Man City. I'm I'm kind of with you. I mean, we, you know, Diego Jota is the other player who neither of us have in our squad right now. And maybe maybe yeah. you turn Buendi into Jota. I mean, you'd have to find a million to do that. But yeah, I think that would that would be that would make some sense, right? I mean, you could you could move Diaz to Sufal, right? And that that would do it. And most and most Liverpool supporters would tell you that Jota is definitely going to be playing through the middle with uh, flanked by Salah and Mane and Firmino was probably uh just a, a bit part player this season yeah. um so it feels like a safe pick it's funny that he was sort of locked into my earliest tinkers jota was and now he's yeah he's far away from my thoughts yeah i mean i think it's just that it's just the firmino thing you know just that feeling like ah like i don't know mm-hmm. if i want to trust this player i mean he probably starts at least three out of five matches yeah does he start you know, does he start more than that? I don't know. Yeah, um, right. You know, by the way, Virgil van Dyke uh, came on uh, or no, actually started today, played 72 minutes for Liverpool in today's match. So this is real time, Brendan. I'm pulling this up <laughs> as, as we go here. Yeah. Yeah. Van Dyke and Tim Ream back in the same weekend. Just incredible yeah. scenes and, yeah. and center back pairings across the uh, the country. Jota also scored in today's friendly by the way. So okay. it's just right. like he's he and maybe I just tear up my whole team, drop Bruno, <laughs> go son and I don't know. Uh, no, but I, right now I like the way this feels. And again, this is, this is just a classic. This is the problem that everyone is going to have this week, which is that you can only put 15 total players into your team. This is not like a draft situation where in some ways you're sort of, you get to kind of throw up your hands like, Hey, I couldn't draft him. Someone got him first. This is a situation where in theory, you could have every single player you want if you can solve the puzzle. And you just have to accept that you, there are going to be 10 to 15 players that you just can't get. And you just have to strive for a little bit of balance. I find that a hugely imbalanced squad is will really hurt you in the long run. And I mean, you know, I mean, you can only get so imbalanced anyway. I mean, right? I, I have a squad that, that has a nice balance that I like right now, but I still have two 4.5 million mid, a midfielder and defender and a 4 million defender and a 4 million non-starting goalkeeper. So yeah. I'm already kind of maxed out in terms of just maximizing everything on the pitch. I have no money in the bank either. So that's, I think it's useful to go through our squad like that. And I think just to, to follow up with this, we have a few questions, unanswered squad questions um, that I want to read through. I think it's about five questions that we'll go through right now. Um, the first one is from that Joe guy. And he says, what unanswered questions do you have about your own teams going into the opening game week? So yeah. what, what do you think is the biggest, you look at your squad right now. What do you feel like? Ah, like I just really wish I could rearrange my team to bring them in. I feel like I just talked about this with myself. How are you feeling with your own team? Yeah, it's my midfield. As I was alluding to, I look at my defense and I'm like, well, it's going to be kind of hard to screw up my defense. Uh, there will surely be one or two players after game weeks one and two where I'm like, I, I need them and I need to fix that. But yeah. on the whole, defense seems fine. I'm not worried about it. Strikers up front, 
we did a whole episode on this. There are so many to choose from. So it's, it, it's down to who will you choose? Yep. My biggest issue is my midfield. And it's just, as I was discussing, I feel like I'm missing a certain specific price bracket. And I think you can easily make the argument of like, why are you worrying so much about how these players cost? Just get the best players. Well, I, I do think particularly at the start of the season where we have unanswered questions that will be, uh, illuminated after the first couple of game weeks you need that kind of flexibility to shift the players who aren't working out and easily bring the players that you want in and i feel like that eight to nine million price bracket the son sancho Havertz price bracket is going to be really important in doing that and i just need to figure out who am i really willing to sacrifice whether it's in the defense or in the forward line yeah. to make that work so that's that's just like the one hard decision i have to make is figure out do i drop diaz do i drop ings in order to to figure out that dilemma yeah you know the other player that i would like and you talked about him a little bit on your on when you talk about your team is i i would love to have Sadio Mane. And yeah. I just wish that he had come in a little bit cheaper. I, I think it's unfortunate that he came in at 12 million. I'm not quite sure why he came in so high because it didn't feel like he had a especially great season last year. So I, I thought he was due for a little more of a regression in terms of price, just, just to make him a little more tempting. You know, if he was 11 million, 11.5, yeah. um, something like that, I would really try to find a way to fit him in. And I could maybe even justify him over Bruno. Um, but same price as Bruno with Bruno, like 40% yeah. owned and probably captained by every man United fan out there, except for, Damn. you know, uh, you know, the people who just can't resist captain and Sala, which is the category I find myself in, I guess I'm, in, in yeah, defense of FPL towers, pricing Mane at the same level of Bruno is them sort of giving Mane a vote of confidence. Like he can perform at that level and we have seen it. Sure. Um, but yeah, where it is annoying is is we just love to see a little bit more diversity in people's team, and you per, and you drop a player like Mane's price down, and suddenly I think you see him in a lot more teams. S has a question. He says, uh, "Top three. This is a mysterious mystery man, Brandon, or woman. <laughs> uh, says top three players you feel are underrated or overlooked. No criteria, position, etc. Just gut feeling. Yeah. So." Maybe, I, I mean, if I feel like our teams are pretty, um, I don't think I have a ton of overlooked players in my team outside of maybe Mason Greenwood. Yeah. Um, what about you? I think, well, I, I don't know. And I think that was my strategy just looking at game week one. I hope to be more cavalier as the season goes. And that's the FPL game, right? Being able to spot the differentials before anybody else does. And I think just giving yourself a stronger, more uh, conservative foothold to start the season is it's not a bad way to go. Uh, one player, though, that I I is makes me stop and think because I had this issue with him last preseason and ultimately didn't start with him game week one, and he came out of the gates flying as Wilfred Zaha, and I feel like he's constantly talked about but never really consistently acted on as a fantasy asset. And yeah. seven million, and if you're you're looking at recent preseason. Uh, performances under Patrick Vieira Palace are embracing this progressive notion of we're going to press and we're going to be more attacking uh, more a more attacking outfit going against everything Hodgson had, had had bred into them so Zaha at 7 million I think is 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 wildly overlooked and another midfielder who is I think could be exceptional value at, at West Ham is Saeed Ben Rama at 6 right. million and I think he is 
seen a lot just, of minutes in, in the yeah, preseason. It's, it's yeah. like he's just coming on, right? Yeah. It feels like yeah. he's just suddenly like emerging as a as a as a key option. And and I feel like West Ham, if they were missing anything last season, is I mean, Fornals played a a nice he, at, at at sometimes he was a decent number ten, but he couldn't really produce any attacking returns to save his life, and he was getting so many starts over Ben Rama. And um, maybe I'm a little confused, West Ham fans who are listening, if they're if they're, that's a one to one in the starting eleven. But I think Ben Rama getting more minutes probably means we talk a, a lot more about him as a fantasy asset. Yeah, I mean Ben Rama was a real tryhard last season when he when he joined. It felt like he he finally kind of. Um, settled down a little bit near the end of the season. I think he scored his, his only goal of the season until game 36 or 37. Yeah. I remember it was actually, I think it was on my, on my birthday. What a way to celebrate my birthday, Brandon, with the Saeed <laughs> Ben Rama goal. Yeah. It cost yeah. me a Brighton clean sheet too. Um, so I think that Ben Rama is, uh, is an interesting player for sure. I think overlooked, I mean, I'll throw the entire Chelsea team in there. The entire team, every single player, uh, I feel like they have not been for, for a team that won the Champions League last year that have a lot of players at reasonable prices. Um, it's like we kind of look at Timo Werner, think that he's he's, you know, overrated or whatever. And we just are like, nah, like, yeah. just, you know, but it's like Mason Mount at seven point five million. Um you know, maybe Havertz is not as appealing now at 8.5 because they're about to sign Lukaku, but he's certainly going to play and get minutes. Yeah. Um, he and, might even get more opportunities with somebody to play yeah, off of. Exactly. And so he, he's totally going to get, yeah. And it's not like he, like, it's not like he just scores. It's not like he's like a pure center forward. So yeah, yeah you think you get, you know, a, a, you know, bonus points and, a, and assists and things like that. Um, you have, uh, I mean, how about Rudiger at 5.5 million? I mean, one of yeah. the most consistent, uh, defenders the second half of last season at a very reasonable price. Um, it would, you know, and they play Crystal Palace at home, a Crystal Palace team that's that's like has eight players in it, right? They <laughs> everybody was let go, like, yeah. you know, and it's it's just it's just the, they have a tricky start to the season after that match, and they have the Super Cup on Wednesday, but maybe we'll learn some things at the Super Cup that that yeah. give us some options. And I think my prediction on this pod, Brendan, is that over the next few days, we all you start to hear Chelsea sort of come up repeatedly in conversations like maybe yeah. we should think about Chelsea. What about Chelsea players? Um, and so I think a Mason Mount is a player that I would consider uh, for my squad in game week one. I would love for him. Like if he didn't start in that super cup, uh-huh. um, I would really strongly consider him possibly um, for the, in the Greenwood or Rafinha slots. So European champions in which every single player is priced under 10 million in the yeah. fantasy game, which is it's, yeah. it is wild that we're not talking more about him. Speaking yeah. of, I think the the baseline for an uh, Lukaku price prediction would be 11 million. Would you give me an 11.5? No, I would have gone lower. I would yeah. say 10.5. I mean I mean I mean in that range, but I, I yeah. if, if I were to go anywhere I would go a little lower like 10.5, okay. 10. Yep. Okay. Yeah. 10 million for Lukaku and boy howdy, that that is that, that be, is happening a, for me. Yeah, I think that would be a, as as the uh, game a game changer, Brandon, yeah. as the that writers of that <laughs> that the book John game McCain, change. yeah, the book game change would say. Um, all right, a couple more questions. Uh, Leo Howell, new patron, Leo Howell says, "Every season, I struggle with the desire to have a viable bench. What are your thoughts on players you might start on the bench?" He says, "Saka, Smith Rowe, Pookie, Tony, Beltman, Sufal, or is it better to spend that money across your starting 11? Mm-hmm. Brendan, I have an answer to this, and then you can chime in with anything. Go that for you it. Want to add. Yeah. Um, my feeling is, if I'm doing a three-four-three, I'm okay with uh, not having a lot of bench depth." Um, 
if I'm doing a three, five, two, I want to have a starting forward. Um, I, and I'm not, I'm not really sure what exactly why that is, like what, what the rationale there is, but I, I just for, for me, there's something about, um, I don't really know. I mean, does that even make sense? Like, for, Well, yeah, you know, I think yeah. I, I had, I'd said this earlier. Uh, uh, it's so easy to have a starting midfielder on your bench at 4.5. It's yeah. less easy to have a starting forward at 4.5 on your right. bench. Yeah, that's true. You can always have a Josh Brown. Right. Yeah, yeah I, I overthought my my answer there. <laughs> I knew I had a reason for it. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. That's probably, yeah. Worst case scenario, Josh Brownhill is going to come on or, or Joel Veltman or something. And, you know, you know but if you just have um, – whatever pick your pick your 4.5 Isaac success was uh, somebody I will never forget from a couple seasons ago where it just blew up catastrophically in everyone's faces yeah and then right now with Southampton you have uh, you have Obafemi uh, who you know may get a start early on in the season but I think that's a total trap right he might start one match and then and then you've you know you've are stuck with it with a hole and he actually might move move this season or go on go on loan so I think he's he's kind of out um, and so, yeah, I, I generally wouldn't want to have anyone who is really good, um, on my bench. I mean, I, I just think it creates a real, um, it's, it's, it, honestly, it's kind of stressful and that, that, you know, just take, take, take some of the fun out of fantasy. I mean, we have, we haven't been talking about our MFFA make fantasy fun again mantra enough, uh, mm-hmm. on some of these early pods, Brandon. But if I'm debating whether to bench, uh, Tony or Smith Rowe week in and week <laughs> out all season, yeah. that. Like that's going to make fun. me miserable. It's not going to yeah. be fun at all. Yeah. And I, I do think just that with Leo's specific examples, notably Sokka and Smith Rowe, I think they're just expensive enough and just good enough where you don't want them on your bench. I mean, you just, Smith Rowe seems like kind of the ideal fifth midfielder to be on the bench, but he just costs a yeah. little bit too much where you just, you wouldn't be able to afford it. When you talk about yeah. um, Tony versus Pookie, Tony too good to bench. If you, if you, if you've got Tony, you play him. Yeah. Uh, and, and then I, I think the most interesting example Leo gives is Veltman Sioux fall, where I think you it's, I like in the defense, the ability to rotate based on fixtures because clean yeah. sheet odds are so f- fluid game week to game week. So I think if you're thinking of bench depth at all, I gravitate totally to fourth defender. That's where I want the most yeah. depth on my bench. Yeah, I and I think Sufal is benchable, you know, and there, I mean I don't think that he's like yeah. an unbenchable player. So, I think it'd be okay to have a 5 million defender on your bench. I just think both of us, you and I both kind of play the same way where we typically have players that are almost the cheapest you can get them uh, yeah. <laughs> on our bench. Yeah. And I I think it's a working strategy, I really do. I mean, I think that it's you just have to be comfortable with the risk. Um, you know, that that's just that's just part of the game and neither of us are are overloaded with Man City players. If I had three Man City players, I would need a stronger bench. Yeah. Uh, because they just rotate so much. Um, you know, that's arguably less true at the start of the season. Um, that's something you have to worry about a little more when the Champions League starts. For the first four weeks you could probably get away with it. Um, but again, I mean, like if if you know, if Mares just didn't start game week two, like you wouldn't raise my eyebrows. Like that would be a totally normal mm-hmm. thing that could, that, that Pep would do. Um, all right. So a couple of, and it's actually speaking of the, the early wild card, uh, Rom process is the late big signings. Maybe you think about a game week three or four wild card. And with that approach, tackle the first three matches a little bit more aggressively. Yeah, I, the the idea of the early wild card for me is less a get out of jail free and just go crazy with your game week one draft. Yeah. The early wild card for me is no matter how you play game weeks one through four or whatever, you're going to need it. 
You're yeah. um, because whether you go conservative or maverick to start the season, something's going to go wrong. Yeah. Um, and if it doesn't go wrong, congratulations, you're probably in the running for winning FPL this season. <laughs> yeah. So uh, um, uh, on the one hand, I think Ron Frosk is overthinking it by by putting it this way. On the other hand, I'm in full encouragement of if you if you expect a wild card early, it does kind of make any and you you've, you've committed to that it makes you freer to to take a few risks to bring in yeah. wilford zaha or another player who you just might like and want to have yeah i don't like to pre-bank transfers i don't like to pre-bank wild cards um i sort of did this it's it's kind of well known uh for long-time listeners of the pod that i i did this a couple of seasons ago where i had my i had my best ever season two years ago i finished 1200 overall and i went on the next season honestly cocky like honestly feeling like I'd kind of cracked the code and um I had a really good start of the season three weeks in and I was like 30,000 overall um you know which is really where you want to be three weeks into the season and uh I was like you know what I don't have the players I need to like really do it I'm gonna I'm gonna do a I'm gonna wild card from a position of strength yeah and I blew up my team I went from three <laughs> thirty thousand to three hundred thousand the next week I think I fell, I, I like totaled my rank again to like 600,000 the week after that. And I just, I took a team that was doing well yeah. and I replaced them with other players and just like, don't do that. You know, <laughs> like you can start to see the signs for sure. And, but if your team is going well, I'm not going to pre-bank a wild card. And this is how I feel about like just the, I, I'm just not mercenary enough. If I have a forward, I mean, let's say that, you know, um, uh, that, um, that Tony just starts out really hot and then his fixtures get worse. I'm going to at least hold him for a little while to see if he can keep it going through those tough fixtures. Right. Like you don't, you don't just, you just don't drop a player when they're in form. I don't think that's typically um, a smart way to play. I mean, you just have to get it totally right because what often happens is these players do well, even in the hard fixtures, right? Yeah. Because they're, they're just in form. I mean, the team of Pookie a couple of years ago was a great example of this where he was just scoring on everybody he scored on Liverpool he scored on Man City. I mean, he was just so hot at the start yeah. of the season that you could have really outthought it and been like, well, he's playing a, he's playing a good team. I'm going to take him out, you know? And, <laughs> and then you, know, you have to bring yeah. him back in because then yeah. the following fixture, he's playing like fellow promo tees or something. You're like, shoot, I need him yeah, back. Exactly. Like, <laughs> and so, yeah. And so I think that it's, and, and, and I guess this is something I was thinking about uh, as you and I were talking about our teams a little bit. And there's this, like this word that, that keeps getting thrown around, like the template team, right? Like everyone seems to have the same team right now. And I think it's very possible that as you start to see these teams roll, and you may see a team that has literally every single player in it that has is in your squad. But FPL, much like poker, and I think the FPL poker analogies get overused, but I think they're very applicable in a lot of cases. You know, we all start, everyone starts poker term with the same number of chips. Most people start off with a, with a, with a fairly similar strategy, right? And then it's all about the adjustments you make based on based on your table you know in this case based on what you're seeing out there and it's who adjusts the fastest yeah. who is who assesses what's happening the quickest and, and and fixes that i guarantee brandon we will not have a template team three weeks into the season things yeah. are going to start to shift very very quickly so don't worry about game week one just be ready for game week two and be ready to make moves and so i i really I, that's something that i have to really think about too because with fernandez i'm just like well Am I just having him because everyone owns him? And it's like, no, you have Verna Fernandez because they're playing leads at home. You know, <laughs> he scored a great free kick goal and yeah. a friendly this weekend. I mean, he's he, just a great player. Even more than that goal, Josh, um, if you watch the highlights of the free kick Bruno scored, 
he freaked out afterward. He was psyched. <laughs> and that's what you, you know, yeah. you want to see Josh and Brandon making fantasy fun again. I want to see FPL managers having fun. I also want to see Bruno having fun. Yeah. The more fun he has, that's true. the better asset he's going to be. That's a good point. He is one of the, he's a joy player, isn't he? Yeah. Um, all right. One last question here, then we'll take a break. Uh, Shiv says, what are your thoughts on going small at the back? Since I'm planning on TAA plus Trent Alexander plus four, 4.5s. Uh, but I'm getting nervous. I see, see more and more people do Dean, Cancelo, Shaw, and or Rabo. I'm fine with small at the back, uh, provided you've got a player like Trent who, yeah, we were, you, you were mentioning the players who could just totally bury you yeah. um, right at the start of the season based on their potential plus uh, their ownership. Yep. So... I like I like small at the back because it frees you up to just capitalize on so many more attacking assets. So why not? I'm for it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm for it too. I think it's totally fine. I actually wouldn't be shocked if I ended up that way. Yeah, I mean Shaw the thing about Shaw is like Shaw his his ownership is really high, but no one's gonna captain him. Yeah. Right. Right. And and he's not really a goal scorer. So maybe he gets twelve points. That's mm-hmm. like peak of his range, right? Because he gets a clean sheet and assist and three bonus points. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really think I mean of 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 course, anyone can drop a scenario where Shaw suddenly has a game of his life and scores two goals, has an assist, a clean sheet. Like these are all things that anyone could do in theory. Yeah. But realistically, even Matt Loudon. Yeah, exactly. Even Matt Loudon. Yeah, he did it right. Seventeen <laughs> points or whatever he had. So you know, I think that we can all we can all play that game uh, of of thinking about what could go wrong. But I think in real realistically, you can put players in a range, right? range between like Luke Shaw's case it's like between like one point and 12 points right but with a player like Bruno it's between like two points and 19 points plus he's going to get captained by a lot of people so you have to at least like let's say he's captained by 30% of the managers in the game or something like that right so you take that 12 points and then tack like four more onto it right like so or 19 points, I guess. So let's say, let's, let's take five more onto it. So it's ranges between like two points and 24 points, right? <laughs> so if you don't have them, you could be in a position where you are just massively down in your mini league kind of right off the bat uh, or, or an overall rank for that matter. And that that's just too risky for me. Whereas with Shaw, I, I think there's a little bit less risk. Yeah. Totally. All right. On that note, let's take a quick break. We'll get back. We've got a lightning round, the first lightning round of the season. I'm looking forward to talking about it. Brandon, quick time out to talk about Fantasy Football Hub. We talked at the start of the pot about the $1,000 prize. They're giving the winner of the Always Cheating Super League this year, but you need to make sure that you're on that site as a free or paying member. It takes two seconds to subscribe, very easy. Yeah. If you go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk slash always, you can get 25% off the tier of your choice. And of course, as I mentioned before, you become eligible for that $1,000 Super League prize. If you join that site, you can access the greatest minds managing today. Tons of super smart and interesting, I have to say. I, <laughs> I say smart, but also I, I enjoy reading their articles. I think yeah. they're fun and interesting reads. Um, and what's most important to me, I have to say, is accessing all of the opt data in the most clean way I've ever seen it. Mm-hmm. So easy, so clear, so easy to get through all of that. And just so useful if you want to find out if a player is actually you know, if you're looking for a player to buy in that 5.5 million range, let's say, I love looking through four weeks of up to data just to see who's performing, who's actually getting shots in the box, compare a bunch of them. You can do it just quickly and easily, very, very well. At one uh, point, Josh, I thought uh, the hub had hired Outcast to put this data together because it was fresh and clean. <laughs> so fresh, 
So clean. They have game week planning tools, uh, masterminded by the legendary Ben Krellen. You can chat with other managers, including private WhatsApp groups. I know that the, the hub has a Slack as well. And they have an app, so you can access the stuff all very quickly and easily. And on your subway commute, do people still take the subway to work, Brandon? I don't know. I took Not the me. subway. I went into work for one day last week, and it was a crowded subway. So I think it's Delta, Delta be damned. People are people are commuting right now, darn it. So um, for all those reasons and more, go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk slash always to sign up to any tier you want, including, if you wish, free. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Okay, Brandon, we got a four question lightning round this week. As everybody knows, it's 30 seconds or less to answer each question. We have four questions. This entire thing should take us two minutes to Definitely. complete. Yeah. First question from FPL Tornado says, How late before the deadline does tinkering do more harm than good? This is one hour, one day, 30 seconds. I read this question, Josh, from FPL Tornado, and I thought, 30 seconds. 30 seconds is almost too much time. Um, I'm more in the camp of 15 to 10 to five seconds before the deadline. Wow, that I, late. I, I, I have definitely, and, and that was probably for a transfer that I didn't mean, didn't not didn't mean to make, but didn't need to make. Yeah. So, um, I think the, if I'm going to be serious about answering this question, I think at 24 hours before the deadline, you should have a team, uh, where you want it, where you'd be happy 
a, a bus team, yeah. essentially, yeah. because what like you don't want to have the heat strategy, right? You need a team you can walk away from in 30 seconds, right? Without, without looking <laughs> yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks, De Niro. Um, but yeah, I, I think you, you don't want to find yourself in a position where you see that clock ticking down and you've got five minutes and you have a decision that you don't know which way to go. And that's when you'll make a mistake. You'll yeah. make it more importantly, you'll make a transfer that you're not happy with. So yeah. I'd really recommend it's fun to tinker right up to the deadline, but at least know you have a team 24 hours in advance that you'd be happy with. Yeah. And especially before game week one, because um, the site kind of notoriously can can have, you know, can be a little slow, can have some issues. Um, and so I think that you should just be ready in case anything goes wrong. Now, it hasn't nothing has actually gone wrong before game week one in several years, like it's been like almost eight yeah. years now. And I didn't remember this, Brandon, when the, the site kind of broke down, they had to give everybody a free wild card in game. I week do two remember that. I remember being at a friend's bachelor party uh, for the start of the season. We, you know, we'd rented a house uh, in the somewhere and, uh, we all looked at our teams, uh, that morning when it was going to kick off and you had the, the site mistakenly said that you had played a chip, like a bench boost chip. <laughs> uh-huh. And I, I mean, I, I saw you like m- literally melting down, um, <laughs> in that moment. And the, so the site had to then say, oh, that was definitely our bad, our mistake. And yeah, uh, like but, it happened yeah, to like so, everybody, right? Like everybody yeah, used a chip. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was the first year they had chips or something. Um, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think at least be okay with your team. Like I'm okay with my team right now. If, if, if game week one kicks off and this, the squad I've got right now is the squad I've got, that's okay. But, um, you know, I, I think I just have your core, like have the four or five players that need to be there. I mean, as we said before, there's gonna be 30 players for 15 spots. You just have to be, you have to mentally get ready for that and just, yeah. and just know that, Basically, every, every player that scores this coming weekend is going to be a player that was in your team at one point in, in <laughs> yeah. the preseason. That is just how it goes, and you have to just accept that and and just move on. Because I've had seventy different players in my squad yeah. since the game launched. You know, it's how Josh. You, you ever you ever go onto social media and you know you look up old girlfriends and you mm-hmm. want to see uh, how successful have they been? Are they working? Um, do they have good looking partners? How many sure. children do they have? Sure. And there's part of you. You know, if you love them, you, you you wish nothing but the best for them. If you have issues with them, you're kind of hoping to see that their life is in complete chaos when you find them <laughs> right. on their social. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's the way Game Week 1 is going to be. There are going to be players where you're kind of like, wish you nothing but the best. But there are going to yeah. be others you're checking up on and you hope they fail. Of course. I mean, the schadenfreude, that, that's, part of, that's part of the game, right? I mean, if, if, every, if every fantasy manager is doing well... Then, yeah. then I, I'm not doing uniquely well. You know, that's <laughs> right. not going to work. Um, all right. Second question is from Brian Robinson. He says, Man City, Man United, and Villa all feel very unsettled. Yeah. Let's say a little less on Villa. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, thoughts on best bets from those three squads given the latest information and friendlies? Yeah, I'm with you, Josh. I think Aston Villa is probably the most settled of these just because they, they've had their players all report to training and you've got, as we underlined, Danny Ings is already fit and scoring match. Yep. Uh, in that, in that system. So Villa, I think like we've already, we've already covered that. I'm, I'm very high on, on them going into game week one, yeah. Manchester United, Bruno, we've, we've discussed that the, the main concern is that they don't have those important key players like Sancho reporting to training yet. And Marcus Rashford, um, is undergoing surgery. So I think you touched upon Luke Shaw in your game, current game week one draft. I think Manchester United 
should have a decent enough defense going into game week one. And then there's Bruno. And I think Greenwood is is a, is a good differential. Manchester City, why don't you take that one, Josh? Because I'm not sure <laughs> yeah. what I have to say there. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's there's an argument for Morris. Um, I Morris is not a player that I love to have in fantasy because he only starts about sixty percent of Man City's matches. Even early on this season, with all the with all the injuries, I, it wouldn't shock me if he didn't start some of these early matches, especially if he takes too many shots, which I know that Pep sometimes hates. Um, we'll see how quickly they they integrate a lot of these players into the squad too. Um, if I were to go with anybody who is safe, I think that Gundawan would be the safest pick. Um, I really think he there's a good chance he starts all four of the opening matches. Pep loves him. Mm-hmm. He's just a great player. He kind of fits in anywhere. I mean, you you hope that you get advanced Gundawan and not <laughs> right. deep line Gundawan, but I think you you would get that early this season. Um, there's a question about how he and Grealish are going to play. I mean, in some ways, they're kind of in the same spot. And once Grealish starts getting regular minutes, it could push Gundawan back. So I actually think Grealish is not a terrible shout. Early on, he's only 0.5 million more. His ownership is way too high. It's like 30% at this point. I, I don't love him for game week one. But yeah. so, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm feeling a little on. So the, the defense, I think, is fine. I think, you you know, uh, I, it's, they're kind of expensive. And so I ultimately am going with, I, I, I like Shaw a little more than someone like Diaz because I just think that you're getting fair, a reasonable amount of attacking. Yeah. Uh, impetus and then and then a reasonable clean sheet threat. I actually think that Man United's defense in general is slightly overrated. I had Shaw the end of last season. It was not a lot of fun, uh, and so it's kind of a leap of faith for me just because I like the vibes coming out of Man United going going into the the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just think that they could be off to a kind of a hot start. But I, I don't see Shaw as a player I'm going to have all season. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe just early on when the fixtures are good. Um, all right, two more questions. James P says, do we need to start looking at those upper mid-tier teams for the bulk of our squad since the top four seems so likely to rotate quite a bit this year? So this kind of ties into that question from a second ago. Um, the upper mid-tier, well, I guess, would be something like Everton, Spurs, Arsenal, Leeds, right? That's, yeah, that's yeah. Kind of I mean, we we picked West Ham to finish lower down the table in our team previews. Yeah. Um, but I think just still could be considered. I mean, with the amount of people who are looking at Mikel Antonio, yeah. um, maybe maybe fits this mold and 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 Lester to a degree. I but it, it is it does relate to Brian's question about teams being unsettled. I look at Spurs as I mean with the Kane and Brulio, it's it's bad. Lester, you know, while they're now they have a trophy in hand to start the season, they're. I don't know. There's just, I think it's the defensive injuries that are, that are throwing me there. Um, and, and Iannaccio being the clear fantasy asset, but there is uncertainty surrounding surrounding him. They're just yeah. like, this is the theme. There are question marks around all of these yeah. teams. Arsenal. Um, I think Arsenal maybe stands out because they have cheap viable assets from Ben White in the defense to Emil Smith Rowe and Saka in the midfield. So even if you yeah. don't know what, we're wholly going to get from Arsenal. They are at least affordable enough to take a punt. And Everton, I think, is like a huge caution sign there. Like yeah. Lucas Dean came up earlier in the show. I don't, I'm not on board with that. I think Everton, Yeah. I mean, I, I got, Everton could definitely waxed. prove me wrong uh, here. They, yeah, they got waxed uh, away to Man United. And yeah, I mean, talk about, they're probably the, the, one of the most unsettled teams out there. Yeah. Like half their midfield is, is on the way out or gone yeah. or, you know, Richarlison won't be back until yeah. I don't even know, like September, I guess. 
Um, so yeah, a lot, a lot to be decided there. So this is why we've spent so much time, Josh, talking about Leeds and Aston yeah. Villa, because yep. there is a, a, a nice level of certainty there. There are proven historical FPL points that we can draw on there too. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if anything, if we redid that prediction, of the table, and now that Ings is there, um, we thought that Watkins would be out, but I, but with Ings there, I think it really, um, it's just exciting. It really makes them an interesting team going into the season. Yeah. One of the most interesting teams. Well, I'd did say. you did you see the message that one of the owners of Villa released after Grealish moved to City? And it was a five minute video. Yeah, you know, I did see that. Awesome. And he outlined every point of like, here's why we wanted to keep Grealish. Here is what the negotiation was like, and this is it. All went according to plan. Here's why, yep. and this is the result we needed. We got the money we needed to fill in that hole left by Grealish yeah. and now they're not as reliant on one player now they have brought in at least three players and it's just like yeah. I was kind of blown away by how how um how much forethought had gone into Villa's preparation for this season it was crazy I mean if you were a Villa supporter I mean I, I I'm not one but I, I have to imagine you walked out of that feeling pretty confident about about the future of that club because that's exactly what you want I mean Stan Kroenke has never done that right yeah. you, um, you at least yeah. feel respected as a yep. supporter of the club yeah uh, all right, final questions from uh, Aharo. He says, strikers feel sketchy at the moment with Watkins on the wing, Nacho not starting, Tony may be injured. I know you just did a forwards episode, but who can we even trust to start game week one? I mean, this to me, Brandon, I, it's the last question, but I, it's, a, it's a big one. Yeah. And yeah. I, I wonder if it ends with me having Callum Wilson. <laughs> I wonder wow, if I did if, not if see that coming, Josh. <laughs> that's incredible. I did not see that coming. <laughs> I yeah I think I think as evidenced by our forward episode last week the the upside here is you're worried about certain forwards starting well if you're worried about Tony starting guess what there are like 10 other forwards in his price range that you can you can pick from so if you're trying to swerve anxiety uh then pick pick somebody else but I yeah I I think like particularly in in this bracket of 6.5 to 8 million, I'm like certain that so many of these guys are going to start. I mean, looking at my front line of Ings, Bamford, and Tony, I'm like, I'm not even worrying. I'm not even sweating the team sheets with those three guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think that's, I think that's fair. I mean, Bamford uh, scored again yesterday too. I mean, he, he's, he's a lock and yeah, maybe, maybe Bamford is probably, I mean, I guess it's just because they're away to men to start the season. And I, I do have Rafinha and it makes me feel like I'm overloaded mm-hmm. with, um, with leads for it, for trick opening match. I mean, you know, it's like you want to plan a little bit long-term, but you also do want to make the most of that, the game sure. that's right in front of you. So, um, I would love to have 0.5 million in my bank. I, I almost, <laughs> want, it's like, I want to find a way to do it. Cause I could see yeah. so many ways that that would be appealing. Like, uh, you know, Greenwood turn Greenwood into Grealish in game week two or something like that. You know, it's yeah. just, a lot of things you can do with that extra 0.5 or, or turn Antonio into, into um Bamford for that matter for game week two. So lots lots to think about there. Um yeah, I mean I think yeah, I think you've named a bunch of them. I think Callum Wilson is a reliable starter, good opening fixture. Um interestingly enough, I mean they played um they played West Ham in the opening match last season. It was Callum Wilson's first match at the club and he got a goal and an assist. Um this time they're at home. So mm-hmm. you expect mm-hmm. him to double that, right? Two goals and two assists <laughs> yeah. for Wilson to start the season. Yeah, it's it's written. Yeah, uh, there's a couple of things we barely even talked about. I mean, uh, you know, Shea Adams. I, I suppose now it's it's now his role at Southampton, and maybe 
maybe that lifts him up a little bit. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he doesn't have experience playing without Aang's. I mean, Aang's Insert you're Aang's. the man now, dog meme. Yeah, exactly. So maybe he's another player to consider if you just want to be a little different. Chris Wood, I think, is an interesting category because he just got back to the club this week, um, maybe like this weekend. Uh, he was playing for New Zealand in the Olympics. And so he was a late arriver, but um, of course, this is, I was like on a Burnley website reading about him yesterday. That's how oh dear. Chris Wood obsessed I am. But um, there's every expectation that he is going to start game week one at home to Brighton. So, I mean, I have a Brighton defender in my in my team, but I you know I think if anyone's going to score for for Burnley, it's him. So yeah, he's at least a player you could consider. Yeah, lots of options there. I but yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about it too much. It is it it is the greatest defeat of all time in FPL when you've got a game week one player who doesn't start. Yeah, um, so you know, I don't I, I don't want to blow this question off, but I, I, I think. I just think we should end it like we've ended all recent podcasts, Brennan, by talking about Chris Wood. Yeah. And let's just do it. and just leave it there. So thank you to everyone for listening. Two quick programming notes. This Tuesday, we're doing a Zoom conversation for all Patreon supporters at any pledge level. Any pledge level, you can come and join us. We'll share a link on our Patreon page. We'll also share it on the Slack. Uh, that'll be at 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to do that together in person. Um, that'll be 10.30 uh, London time. So yeah. a little bit late, but not too late. The kids will be asleep by then, I assume. So yeah. uh, we hope you can join us for that. And uh, we'll do a regular Patreon podcast as well. Um, maybe a Josh Landon solo pod this week, but we'll be doing one of those right before the game week kicks off on Thursday or we'll do it on Thursday before the game. It kicks off on Friday. Um, so if you want to support the pod, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Brandon, do you want to thank our producers? We've got a lot of them this week, a lot of new producers. I love this part of the show, Josh. Big thanks to producers, Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T, the big gaffer, Bobas Coon, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blur, Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Forberg, Skogang, Paul Herzog, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsey Rostel, Anton Markov, at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stew, Mikey Uong. Congrats on the new arrival, Mikey. Bruce Kerr, Sam Shower, Rich Evans, Future Media Group, FPL, Ben Sweeney, George Kinney, Shiv Majoria, Ram Frosk, AJ, Fly You Fools, Jeremy Spiker, Larazos, Yanoas, Jesse Halstead, Matthew Becker, Caleb Robbie. Todd Byerly, Alper Paxoy, Martin Obseth, Lee Hickman, Valger Paulson Kruger. Valger Paulson Kruger, Kruger, is that one name? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's he's our newest newest producer, Brandon. And I do like the way that you say Lazarus Yanos' name a little different every time on the podcast. That's a special (laughs) tribute to him, a little little tweak each time. Um, If you want to uh, rate and review and subscribe to the podcast, we'd really appreciate it, especially early on in the season when people are – Looking for fantasy content, possibly for the first time, it really helps people to find our podcast. So if you could do a quick rate review on Apple or give us a thumbs up on Spotify, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, Acas, wherever you listen to your podcast, that really helps people to find the pod. And that would be um, something we very much appreciate. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Hail Cheaters. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, all of those places. Uh, go to alwayscheating.com. Um, and if you want to send us an email, have a note, comment, whatever, uh, just email us hailcheaters at gmail.com. Thank you so much for everyone for listening. We'll see you next week, Brandon. We'll be talking about game week two. I can't yes. believe it. That's crazy. Game week one will be in the books. Amazing. Good luck, everyone, this weekend. Poku forever.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.